Welcome to a new episode of Latinos Who Tech. My name is Hugo Castellanos. After a long hiatus, we're back with a fourth season of the podcast. And I'm extremely happy to be back. But thank you for your patience and thank you for your attention. If this is your first time listening to the episodes of Latinos Who Tech, this is a podcast about Latinos in the technology industry. I do informational interviews with folks that work at companies in Silicon Valley and across the world. And I ask them about their stories, how they got to where they are now, and what would they do differently with the information they know now. So we speak with people at places like Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, Microsoft, all these companies, startups as well. And we talk about technology topics and career development. And my emphasis is in giving you tools so you can take your career to the next level. And in this new season of the podcast, we have 12 episodes ready to share with you about remote work, AI, how to land a remote job, all these topics that I think are top of mind for folks right now. And I'm very happy to be back. I'm going to have an episode about the major life changes I've been going through. And that's part of the reason for the hiatus. So I moved from California to Florida, joined millions of people working remotely, bought a house, got married. I have a whole episode about that, and that will be coming up soon. In the meantime, I spoke with my friend Carolina Vaquero in this episode. She's Ecuadorian, Dominican, American. And we spoke about... In the meantime, I made this episode with my friend Carolina Vaquero from LinkedIn. She's a product marketing manager working out of the Miami office. And we spoke about remote work and her experience doing it. And before I, we go to the episode, I want to let you know that we have a Discord community for folks that want to meet other Latinos working in tech. And you can find it in the show notes for this episode. I also have an email list that you can sign up. And that will let you know when we host meetups, virtual meetups, or any online events. And if you want to give me feedback about these episodes, this content, the best way to do it is to write me an email at hello at latinoswhotech.com. You can also leave us five stars on Spotify or write us a review in Apple Podcasts. I'm always happy to read your feedback. I think of feedback as a gift because the feedback you give me will help me do a better job. It's going to help me improve my life and help me improve this content that I make for you. So here's the episode with Carolina Vaquero. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of Latinos Who Tech. My name is Hugo Castellanos. And today we have Carolina Vaquero from Miami. And very excited to have this conversation. Uh, we already did the episode in Spanish, so I'm curious and how things are going to happen in English as we're code switching. And we're going to get some comments about that. People like, oh, why didn't you do it in Spanish? And go to the episode we did in Spanish and you can check it out. <laughs> it's already there. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much See. for having me. Thank you so much for having me, Ogo. I'm so excited. And yeah, I'm curious to see what the difference is going to be between the English and the Spanish. And also because I mean, we'll talk about this later, but we're different people when we talk the different languages. So that'll be super interesting. We are. But 
Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. No, this is your space. Thank you for making the time. I appreciate it. I know they keep you busy at LinkedIn. So <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. So tell me a bit about yourself and how do you break into tech? Yeah, of course. So a little bit for, about myself from the top as well is I'm Ecuadorian. My entire family is Ecuadorian. I was born in New York, grew up between Ecuador and Dominican Republic. I moved there. I don't have family there, but moved there when I was about 10 years old, finished high school, then came to Miami to do college. So I actually went to college in Miami at FIU, go Panthers. Then I moved to New York for a hot minute, for three minutes. That's where I started my career. I started in book publishing. A lot of people don't believe that. They're like, what? And then I went to Twitter as a contractor for six months. And that really was my training back into to learn about tech. And after that pandemic happened, hiring freezes happened, very scary time. And then in October 2020, yeah. I started at LinkedIn. So it's actually two-year anniversary, I realized this week at LinkedIn. It's very exciting. And awesome. anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. And coming back now at, during the pandemic, I also was one of those transplants, but I consider myself OG Miami. But I came back in 2020 to Miami and have been here for also the entire time I've been gotcha. at LinkedIn. Yeah. You were at Miami before it was cool, before the crypto bros took it over. Exactly. I'm OG. <laughs> That's awesome. So how is that situation for you? Like working remote from Miami while your teammates are spread out across the U.S. And because LinkedIn is mostly in Silicon Valley, right? It's mostly in San Francisco. Right. And there's Silicon. also that New York office. So I'm curious, how do you make that work? Of course. Yeah. I am very proactive in how I live our company's culture. First off, like at the beginning, it was obviously very isolating. And I find that a lot of people, they find it isolating. They feel like I'm not in the office. I'm missing out things. I'm not seeing leadership. So maybe I'm missing out on my growth and my career progression. That has not been my right. experience at all. My team is dispersed across the U.S. We're everywhere. We're in Sunnyvale, in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, in South California, in Chicago, in New York, in Miami. There's someone in Fort Lauderdale, so right here in South Florida as well. So none of us get that, oh, I talk to my boss every day, so I have a leg up. Like, none of us get that situation. So that's on the work front. I try. I travel a lot. I love traveling. So when I do travel, for example, this summer I had a wedding at Son in Sonoma, and I decided to work from our San Francisco office for the entire mm -hmm. week to get that FaceTime with our colleagues, get to know people, and I do that with New York as well. And then the kind of other part of it is that, of course, you're here, you're in Miami, you're in your bubble, you're in your islands, and it's a beautiful life. We, I get to go to the beach, it's sunny all the time, it's good weather, and I get to work in tech without having to be in Silicon Valley. But we found out that we have 60 people, 60 LinkedIn people in South Florida. So I've become, yeah, it's a lot of people. I've become yeah, officially you can have now. Like your own Miami ERG if you wanted to. Like Yeah. And what we have now, LinkedIn has put together a program, which is a remote community champions for all the remote communities that we have across LinkedIn, across the U.S. I think there's also four countries that don't have an office. And I've become the remote community champion for our South Florida people, for those in Miami, and for Lordo and West Palm Beach. So I organize volunteer events, happy hours, co-working. So I've 
it's I understand where it comes from. People say I feel isolated. I'm alone, but it just takes more effort when you're remote making those connections. And I know I've made that effort. And that's why we have such a beautiful community with our LinkedIn employees here in South Florida. So there's a lot you have to be very active and proactive in how you approach this when you're remote. That's fantastic. And, and yeah, and to echo that, sometimes it can be lonely. I'm in Orlando when <laughs> it was that exodus of people that moved from California to the East Coast. A lot of them do Miami, that area, South Florida. Like in my case, my family is in Orlando, Central Florida area. So to me, it was an easier fit. So I did find it a bit lonely in the beginning. And that's part of the reason why we opened that Latinos Who Tech Discord yeah. and Slack communities. And it's just so nice to have other people that are like you, that are Latinos, working remote, that also that don't happen to work at the same place you work at. Because, it's because you know, when it's 6 p.m., like, I don't want to open the work Slack. <laughs> I want no. to disconnect. Exactly. Uh, but you do want to have that network of people that understand what you're going through and you can do Zoom happy hours or just do yeah. lunch meetups or things like yeah. that. And, but and, I think it's been a great time for people that to do local communities, explore actual yeah. meetups and see. There's actually, I when we were deciding where to move in the East Coast, we picked Nashville for a little bit. So we moved to Nashville for a month. Because wow. again, it was this part of the, it was 20, late 2020, right? So nobody knew what was going to happen, when were vaccines yeah. going to go out. And we found this meetup in Nashville. It was called, I moved here from California. And it was all California, <laughs> like California expats <laughs> meeting up. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and it's about that, right? Getting your bearings. Yeah, exactly. Because again, you can look up online, like how to transfer my license plate or whatever you can look up that online but then like how do i make friends if i didn't go to college here yeah <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah it's, yeah even, so that's part of the experience yeah. even i can share moving back to miami two and a half years ago i went to college here but most people left my dominican friends mm -hmm. they went back to dominican republic some other people went somewhere else in the u.s to live and funny enough i have this really funny story of one friend really good friend. She's British and she lives in my building. She's right here upstairs. We met at a book club from our building and it's everyone else that's much older than us. They're like 60 plus. And then we saw each other and we're like, yeah, wow, you're the young person. And she's a healthcare economist. Like we have completely different disciplines, but that's how you expose yourself. If I wouldn't have decided, hey, I like reading, let me go to the book club. Then I would have made those connections. And similarly, I posted about our on LinkedIn, of course, our meetup mm -hmm. with Microsoft and LinkedIn, all the people who are here in Miami. And someone from Amazon mm -hmm. responded and said, hey, let's get together. We're doing a meetup with Google, with Meta, with Salesforce, with this and that. And then we did this whole meetup with a bunch of different people from tech. And I just absolutely love it. A lot of them are Latinos. And we get to, it's, hey, let's talk in Spanish. <laughs> let's break bread. And it is really those opportunities that you meet people through shared interests, through, hey, we all work in this industry, right? Definitely, definitely. So when you landed your job, you were hired remote from the get-go? It wasn't yes. like a, a position that you need to go back to the office at any point. Like, you're safe. You can stay. <laughs> you, can buy a, you can buy an apartment if you want. Funny <laughs> enough, I wasn't. That's it. So when I was hired in October 2020, I was a contractor. And yes, I onboarded completely remotely in Miami. But everyone was still figuring out the whole, and we'll talk about this, the big 
return to office versus work from home, which is still going on right now at a lot of companies. But LinkedIn was still in Microsoft by consequence, of course. They were still determining what is our status quo? How are we managing this? And actually, 10 months later, I believe it was the summer of 2021, was when we launched our hybrid approach of we trust each other to work wherever it works best for us. So before that, in like early 2021, I was thinking, are they going to ask me to move to San Francisco or to New York? Like, I really was like, like, over here, am I going to have to leave Miami? And I don't think from my team, there was ever that expectation, but everyone was, I don't know what's going to happen. And if we're going to go back to the office. So when I heard that decision and that our hybrid model came out, I was like, okay, <laughs> I can save Miami. And the reason it's not, I already moved to New York for job opportunities. I already mm -hmm. made that sacrifice and I'm young enough that I should do that again. But I feel like why my family is in Dominican Republic. The flight is an hour and 50 minutes and it's just so convenient for me to visit. I go there like 12 times a year, like every month and they visit mm -hmm. me here and it's just, it's all, I want to work at LinkedIn. I love the company, but I also love my family and I feel happy here. So how can we just meet in the middle, right? So is that why you're so passionate about remote work or is there like another layer to this? <laughs> there's a lot of layers there. And I think there's a personal story that funny enough, most people don't really know of why I'm just adamant that we figured this out mm -hmm. in a way that is convenient to everyone. So the reason is, and that's taking you back 2022, taking you back to 2018, I was working in book publishing and it was super exciting. I thought I was going to be a book editor that... I, I saw that was not just not my passion and, and it wasn't where I wanted to go. So while I'm working there, right. as life would have it, big changes, things happen out of nowhere and literally like the floor is taken from below you. And I heard from my family, my mom had cancer and we were, mm. she was in Miami. I was in New York. I'm in New York. Let me figure out my career and ambitions. And I'm probably what, 20 22 years old at that time. So I'm kind of like, yeah, career, let's do it. And what happened was I talked to HR and during that time, this is pre-pandemic, right? Remote work was the thing of this privileged elite who had a benefit and all of us were here like, how do I do that? So they actually said I couldn't work remotely. I asked, hey, I have this personal mm. situation. I really need to do this. And they said, no, because you're not in the office. We don't see you working. But no. Mm -hmm. And what happened with my managers was that they said, okay, go work in Miami. Like once, whenever you need to. And I'm like, wait, they said no. And they're like, go, just go. And I was like, oh, okay. So everything was really on the down low. It wasn't like allowed. So it was a really tough time. I was three weeks in New York one week in Miami going back and forth. And this happened, this was like six months. And then we can fast forward a little bit into 2019. I'm a Twitter, which is already in tech, right? I'm a, but I'm a contractor as mm -hmm. well. So everything is still developing with my mom, like rounds and rounds of chemotherapy, mm -hmm. me traveling back and forth. But still, there was an expectation. You're in New York, you go to the office. There was still that expectation. You go to the right. office, you're supposed to be here. We're supposed to see you. I was a contractor and I know you know this, well, you just feel like you have to do more. You have to demonstrate mm -hmm. your work. You have to just show up even more than everyone else. 
So I felt like I, I'm being pulled in two directions, right? I need to be in Miami. I want to be in Miami, but also I need to be here to demonstrate that I can right. do this job to get the full time, like the goal, right? And then fast forward again into October, 2020, I get the job after hiring freezes. I was unemployed for six months. I get the job at LinkedIn. I'm ecstatic. I love LinkedIn. I've always loved the product. I got my two jobs through LinkedIn, the one at Twitter and the one at LinkedIn, funny enough. And a month after I started at LinkedIn, my mom passes away. And mm. the incredible thing was that the, the approach. So what I want to put here is like the approaches, right? Let's put it into comparison. 2018 in publishing, absolute no to remote work. And then fast forwarding October, no, this is then November 2022. My team and the management, the people management at LinkedIn, they said, look, I don't even know what you're thinking about us right now, but thank you. So take the time you need. Let's talk about it. We'll give you some time and then we can review. Do you want to come back? Do you not want to come back? But everything was focused on me. It was very people centric. And then they said, if you don't want to come back, like just let us know, but we will work around you. And I think for me, it's just this approach was like, wow, I was like, I love the company already because of what we do, because of our vision. But mm -hmm. now, like, I will be forever grateful to LinkedIn with how they took care of me during that time. And I think going back to the initial question, right? Why am I passionate about remote work? Because I feel like I made a lot of sacrifices to, I had these two things in my life, being with my mother. But also I had this career, it was very ambitious. I wanted to be in tech and I made sacrifices and I wake up every day and I'm going to face myself for the rest of my life thinking, was this the right approach? Was it not the right approach? But, and I'm in peace with myself, which is a good thing. But I don't know that after two and a half years of this experiment of us working from home, it is fair to ask people, not only in this dire situation like mine, uproot your mm -hmm. life and move to Silicon Valley. Take your family, your children, your partner with you, mm -hmm. leave your family behind or all of these things just to have a chance to break into tech. I really don't. I'm at that point where I'm like, I don't, I had to make those sacrifices, but I wouldn't wish that on anyone else after we've proven that we can do this efficiently from Miami, for example. Definitely. And the very sorry about your mom. I didn't okay. know that then. I'm happy that you could spend some extra time with her and and cope because for us, it's the family first. Yeah. It's, it's part of our values. It's part of our culture. And, and yeah, that's how you know that you are at the right place, at the right team. Somebody that yeah. people that will be sympathetic and will actually learn that, hey, if you are not right, you cannot perform. <laughs> like this is more exactly. important than anything else so yeah no thank you thank you for sharing that story and i'm curious then so do you think that silicon valley it's overrated do you think that it's like not necessary like now if you want to get a career in tech let's explore that a bit yeah no let's do it i and i can tell you i'm the sole reason why i moved to new york was because i graduated college and the job market mm -hmm. in miami was tough like I graduated out of college, there was a lot of us, especially graduating mm -hmm. from the, in business. I graduated in English literature, but uh, people going into wanting to go into the same jobs and not enough jobs for everyone else. So I I made that move to New York, and in those circumstances, 
four years ago, a hundred percent, you had to do that. And we've all done that. And a lot of people conversely yeah. moved to Silicon Valley. Yeah. I, but I did that in 2011. I did it in 2011 and I did it in 2014. I went to Sacramento. I worked with Intel for a year for a co-op. Then I came back to Florida. I finished up my master's and got a job back in Oregon. So I had to move again <laughs> to the West Coast. <laughs> and then I got another job in San Francisco. Okay, West Coast to West Coast. And then I stay there because I'm like, okay, like I'm not moving back again. <laughs> East West. <laughs> no more. But yeah, but again, but again, like I'm showing my privilege, right? Because I, at the time I was single, didn't have kids. Right. And I could just put everything in my car and drive out West. Drive out West, right. boy. Drive West. Find, <laughs> it's like the gold rush really kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like uh, I have a story about that. Actually, I got pulled over for a, by a cop in between Texas and New Mexico because my license plate light it was out. And it's like the it's like Texas Ranger, right? The guy has like a cowboy hat and I'm like I feel like I'm in a movie and he's asking me Florida plates, where are you going? I got a job out in California. I'm like, "Oh, is that all your stuff in the back?" Yeah. Okay. Good luck, son. And he let me go. <laughs> Just, they didn't give me a ticket or nothing like that. Oh, that is so nice. It's like you're yeah, going to the land yeah, of possibilities. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's how it felt like. That's how you. That's how it felt like. And it is to some extent. I don't. Again, I don't think it's. Uh, I think it's the right place for the right kind of people. If you're fresh out of college, and your dream job is to again be that software engineer at yeah. Google or any of those manga companies, great, do it. Get it out of your system. Why not? Yeah. But for that mid-career professional, again, you have to, yeah, you have to balance it out. Yeah. Because it makes sense. Are you going to yeah. get the ROI that you want? That's right. And yeah. I, like I, I know people that, and people like this too, that moved from the Dublin office in Ireland to San Francisco <laughs> just because of career advancement. Just I because, met someone hey, who just moved from Australia to New York. <laughs> Her job yeah. at LinkedIn. Them is yeah. exciting, New York, but yeah. But there are people like that. There are people like that. But in our case, that we already live, like in your case, New York, in my case, the Bay Area, for us, it's like, check what's next. Done. <laughs> yeah. And I can tell you the many times I get this question because I travel a lot and moved a lot in my life. I've, so many people ask me, like, would you? Because they know I'm so adamant about remote work, right? I'm like, <laughs> they're asking, would you move for an opportunity if there was like dream opportunity? And I just honestly, at the end of the day, it's it's gonna be a no for me because I'm already exactly I'm already in the momentum. I'm already in tech. I'm in a company that I like. I feel like here I'm gonna be able to grow and I'll mm -hmm. create yeah. the opportunities that I want. But right. I already did that. You know what? It's done. I don't know what amazing opportunity. Maybe a starting company. Maybe a start. I don't know. And I never say never. But I know. For a lot of people, no, not only myself. It's a sacrifice. You're sacrificing a lot. And I ask myself. Do I want to make that sacrifice again? The answer is no, most of the times. Yeah. Yeah. No, plus, you already have your community. If you have your exactly. community, if you're building those roots there, yeah, it's a, what was this for? Do I need to rebuild this again from the ground up? Exactly. And I like to think that the next move that I make, I want to do it because 
not because I'm running away from something. It's because I want to go to the place. You know? Exactly. Not because I have so, to for my career. Because when you do that, it is like you're being pulled in those two directions. It's, I don't want to leave, but I feel like I have to. And right now, for me, that I have to, I don't think I have to. And I feel in my position right now with our community, I feel like first we have a community that's building here. And I feel like I have a big leadership role in that. And I like it. I enjoy it very much. And second, Miami is booming. Like Miami is mm -hmm. going to become a tech hub, period. Either people like it or they don't like it or they're unhappy about really yeah. high prices of rent. Things are happening here in Miami that are very exciting. And I just don't feel, I think it would be a missed opportunity if I was like right now, oh, let me go. And, and so many people move to Silicon Valley. Like that's a regular thing that you do. But the way I am, I'm very adventurous. I'm very like, wow, what the possibilities, right? What could we build here in Miami as LinkedIn, right. as our community, as everyone else who's in tech here who moved from California and New York? That it excites me much more than the idea of having to move elsewhere to have any opportunity. I feel like I have, I can build my own path here. And that's exciting mm -hmm. to me, at least. Definitely. Yeah. Plus, uh, there's something about, Miami, especially, that it has that, uh, is it in that intersection of, uh, it's almost like the capital of Latin America, in a way. It's the so northernmost. Like everybody Latin America converges. Yeah. It's the northernmost city of Latin America. Oh, Latin America, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah, Latin Florida America. Yeah, Florida is funny like that. Yeah, Florida is funny like that. And uh, I'm personally, I have a lot of good friends, you included, that live in Miami. But in my case, like, it's not my kind of city. Because, like, right. in Orlando, like, I, I live wow. in a neighborhood that's dense it's walkable i have a nature reserve right here and and in my case like that's what i appreciate yeah, yeah. but again if i was 24 and like i it's my first tech job in miami i'm like that's exciting that's Why exciting not? yeah but but it depends on what season of life you're at yeah uh, and i think also but you're definitely my... yeah but you're definitely gonna see more of me there because now that we're gonna have the high-speed rail <laughs> the price light, right? You saw that? They approved the high-speed rail and it's going to open in 2023. Oh, I'm so excited about that. Because Yeah, so Brightline is going to yeah. go all the way to all the way to Disney. Oh my god. Oh, that is very smart. <laughs> But also, I enjoy driving. I love driving. But four hours to Orlando, it, you think about it. Like you have to think you have to make a weekend of it. So having the train, that's just that's a great idea. And and like you're in a train with Wi-Fi and you can just do your email or whatever. And Yeah. Yeah, like a yeah. Fri Friday, just go up and you know, you're your weekend. Exactly. Oh, my friend, my British friend that I mentioned before, she's going to be so excited. She's all about the bride line. I haven't been yet. She's, oh my God, it's so nice. It's exciting. And I drank some wine. And so <laughs> I, we're happy to have you here more often. And what I was going to mention, Miami, this, it's a completely different city. Like I moved out, mm -hmm. I moved away. In 2017, and it was still, it, it very much is, but it was like Latino America. Like it was very mm -hmm. Latinos and Latinos, they get into this habit of let's go to the same places and do the same thing. And I was like, ah. and now this is California, New York, Western Europeans. You literally meet people from all walks of life. It's so exciting. So it's just a very exciting time to be here. And I feel like there's something happening. There's that energy of something new being built over here. Yeah. So that that's something that you know, the new talent that comes out of universities, they see that, okay, I have this job offer in Seattle where I don't know anybody. 
or I have this other one from LinkedIn and I can be anywhere. It's okay. <laughs> I'm staying home. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. it's happening. I know that companies are really feeling it. It's really becoming a huge battle between big tech and their employees. And as much, I'm going to put that example out there that everyone's really tired of hearing, but the apples of the Amazons, which I admire so much, they're top tier companies, right? But they're like, hey, you have to come back to the office, period. I don't care. Their offices must be incredible, of course. But people have said, you know what? No, thank you. Like, you're great. Yeah. But I agree, too. I'm also great. And I know that any other company who will give me the things that I want, that I prioritize for, yeah. will what give me value. that flexibility. Exactly. I want that flexibility yeah. and I'll go to another company who will give me that. And then there will be people who still will say, no, I want to work for the Amazons and the Apples of the world. So I will move. I will tent right outside the office <laughs> just to work at your company. So it um, is. Yeah, this, I mean, plus, yeah. working at Apple is borderline a cult. I have plenty of friends that work at Apple. And, and to be honest, like I understand it because if you're building something like this, if you're building something physical, yeah, face-to-face -face collaboration, we need a lab, we need to do hardware. I'm a hardware engineer by training, so I get it. You need to be in person. But again, if you're a SaaS company, if we're selling online courses, dude, you can do that from Bali. You can do that from anywhere. Like, <laughs> from it's, anywhere. It's okay. And we've learned that, that that is my biggest thing with it, it's the comparison, right? Like companies are, they're thinking about the bottom line. They're thinking about, we need to keep investors happy. The company needs to grow. Performance, productivity paranoia, which is happening right now. And I understand those things, but also you're hiring human beings. You're hiring mm -hmm. human beings who yep. also, they've gotten a taste of work-life balance, like true. Because before, I think before the pandemic, we lived like this, right? This is work and we prioritized it. And this was life. And we're like, we'll leave it on the side. And the pandemic mm -hmm. really did this, right? Because life was really more important than work. And we're not saying let's stay yeah. here. Let's stay here. I think that's what people are asking. Let's prioritize both. I love my job and I want to work, but I also love my life. And I think companies are, no, let's, let's go back to this one. It's no. And I can really empathize with companies having that mindset. But if we've demonstrated for two years and a half that we can do the same thing and we can be as productive as possible. And when we put our OKRs or objectives and key results and quarter by quarter, we're performing, we're meeting expectations or exceeding expectations. And what if they tell me what the reason and give me the data that we're not being productive. And we're not like our revenue is falling or something is happening that truly justifies us having to go back to the office. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's a chart somewhere and I, I look it up that it actually shows how salaries have stagnated, stagnated since the 1980s. Yeah. While productivity has increased, like just shooting up. Yeah. And I read somewhere that what was actually accomplished in the 1950s in an office in the whole week it was something that could be done in six hours today <laughs> so if so like we're producing when you look at all the work all the busy work and stuff like memos emails stuff like that yeah so we could do all the work that an office from the 1950s could do in less than a working day today exactly why hasn't my salary increased five times? 
<laughs> so, yeah, it's really funny that you mentioned that because I just heard a podcast that said, I mean, it was a study by this economist at MIT and he still, there's a lot to figure out, but he said that salaries have stagnated because of managers who had mm -hmm. MBAs. They've seen like managers who have MBAs tend to pay their employees less or just not have like salary growth in that way. And that could be a cause why a lot of jobs have stagnated in the last few years. That's an interesting concept. Sure. Again, if you have a remote job and you can make your California money while living in Georgia or That's or Colombia or for us, <laughs> yeah, or Dominicana exactly. or anywhere. That's the thing. But so, how do we yeah. get a remote job with what you know now? How would you go about landing a remote job if, if you were fresh out of college or if you were a working professional right now and you were curious on testing the waters? Because again, I don't want to commute or I have a family situation. Like I have a family yeah. that I want to be closer to. How would you go about it? Yeah, of course. I honestly, the approach that I've been giving, a lot of people reach out to me asking, especially because after your, the podcast we did together in Spanish, they reach out to me like, hey, how do I get a job in tech? How do I get a job remotely? A lot of them are here in Miami. And I said, look, job search can be really hard. You're, you're everywhere. And I think at the beginning, we all approach it like, I'm going to apply to everything and everyone. And I'm going to apply. And I feel like that can be very stressful. So determining first, I am interested, maybe roles where I already have experience and I could get this role. So determining three roles. These are the three roles that I'm going to apply for. Maybe something that two that you're already good at and one that is a little bit more aspirational, something that I would like to do, but focus on three functions that you're applying for. And then I would say, prioritize the companies. Which companies do I want to work for? Like three. Because then it, it, your mind space can't take so much. And that's when you start prioritizing, okay, and this would be my approach. If I was looking for a job right now, which companies align with my values and my priorities? I feel like for me, literally, this is my example, LinkedIn, of course. Literally, they're like, work wherever you want. I don't care. Travel. And Spotify which also has had a very solid hybrid model. So I'm not telling everyone in this podcast to go online to those three companies right now, but it's determining which are the companies that align the most to my values and my priorities. And probably you're going to have to do some research or even if you get to the interview stage, I think the power dynamic has changed. We were like, just give me the job at the interview. I'll say whatever. But now maybe if you get to the point of a job interview, what is asking the question, what is your hybrid model? Do you have a hybrid model? Are you expecting people to go to the office? Is there a room from a remote? A lot of jobs now on LinkedIn will tell you where they're based. They have a lot of options or they're completely remote or they tell you which states you can work from. But I think that is a valid question. You should interview the company as well. So that's how I would go about, especially when we're talking about getting a remote job. It's going to depend on the company and what their approach is to this whole discourse, very complicated discourse. So I would say do some research on the companies that align to that way of thinking around this. Definitely. And I think that something that I love about places like LinkedIn and Indeed and all these portals is the fact that they have embraced that <laughs> and you can actually check that box and okay, I'm going to look only for remote opportunities. And I would say to the two or three people that listen to this, that don't underestimate working at startups 
if that's mm. something that you're yes. curious about. Because what I find is that most startups, because they have to be cautious about their runway and how they spend money, they're embracing this opportunity yeah. to actually hire talent globally and staying remote. Yeah. So looking at a place like AngelList would work. They have this or product hunt. There's mm -hmm. also this one that I really like. It's called Remote OK. And yeah. Remote okay, OK is really interesting because they, yeah, everybody knows the big ones, right? LinkedIn. But Remote OK, what I like about it is that you can search not only for remote, but also for asynchronous jobs. <laughs> so asynchronous jobs are jobs that they don't have meetings at all. Wow. So they actually have a hashtag, like hashtag no calendar. They do everything asynchronously. So they yeah. solve issues through Slack. If they have to do presentations or share tools. information with each other, they use Loom. So they record a screencast of them talking and, hey, I want to get your feedback on this. Please comment this. Here's a five-minute video walking you through the initiative. Oh. So again, that, that doesn't work for all the jobs, but there are jobs out there it, like that. Yeah. Exactly. To your point, I should have probably said that it works on LinkedIn, but you can filter for remote jobs. But to your point about startups, funny enough, I've never worked in a startup, though my experience in book publishing felt like a startup because you were all the hats. But anyway, it was interesting because <laughs> my mentor, he lives, he's in the Bay Area, he works at LinkedIn, mm -hmm. and he's from the Netherlands. And when I went to Amsterdam this summer, he was like, talk to my friend, my childhood friend, go meet. And we had lunch, very nice lunch. And we were just talking about our careers. Like he's been in corporate, he's been in startups, he's in corporate, but in a startup model, like they're starting a new product in the company that he's in. And he said something that really shook my world because I've only been in corporate, within publishing and within tech. And he said, you really need to try different types of organizations, different sizes, and that they operate in different ways. So he said, Yes, continue in corporate if that's what you feel comfortable, but it's just a different type of model. Like, for example, corporate, mm -hmm. there's a lot of bureaucracy. There's a lot of processes to get things done. And in startups, it's like you, you're just rolling with the punches, right? You're just at, like bre breaking and innovating, as we say. And he said, mm -hmm. it's just you're mastering different skill sets and it'll make you a more dynamic professional because you understand how to function and these different types of organizations and different types of situations. And for me, it was like, because I've only worked at, I've worked at Twitter, I've worked at LinkedIn, but they're in some way, the organizational structure is similar and how they operate is similar. That just, right. it rocked my world when he said that to me. Yeah, no, working corporate is very different. You actually have to navigate that social capital and again like you're responsible for such a small piece of the actual business yes but when it comes to a startup is have a problem you own it it's a much more dynamic environment it takes a certain personality to be successful at it because yeah you're always going to have a hundred things to do in your backlog always so it's about picking the right three, four, five things that you can do today. And again, and there are fires. And I know in corporate, there are fires too, like a fire drill that you need to They're take control. Yeah. But again, like we're not going to go out of business if yeah. the newsletter doesn't come comes out on Wednesday instead of Thursday. We're not going to go out of business. LinkedIn is not going <laughs> to go out of business. Exactly. Uh, the startup might run three key customers and that's it. Or runway goes from three months to one month. So Exactly. And I'll definitely say even with the impending economic 
doom that is supposed to happen in 2023. <laughs> you need to stop reading the news. You need to stop reading the news. You, you need <laughs> right. to go to the beach more. It's across the street. Go to the I beach know, more. Right Come here. on. I should just, like, the world is fine. Not, not read so much morning brew and just go to the beach. But I will say, because a lot of people are who are if you're looking for a job and you're trying to break into tech i know that there's a lot of talk about hiring freezes and things slowing growth it, i was reading that it's going to be a really key moment for startups and they're going to be like hey you like super talented software engineer product marketer graduate come work for us so it's going to be the time of the startups they're talking about there's going to be a bunch of startups coming out it's going to be like a shiny moment for people to start working on entrepreneurship, new ideas, and graduating professionals from college to go and work at those startups. So keep that in mind. So I'm curious on how do you deal with imposter syndrome? Or how, what's your go-to strategy that you try, works for you? Yeah, I, <laughs> you're gonna laugh at this one. I talk to myself a lot because we've heard about toxic self-talk right i can't do this and i think i'm gonna venture out to say that a lot of imposter syndrome comes from i'm not capable i can't do this i'm this is i'm not right for the job so it's even sometimes at work i'm i have a lot of things to do and i'm like oh i can't do this but it's no yes you can yes you can <laughs> and even i have my mentor my sponsors my manager many times they say they congratulate me on something that i've done and i'm like no it's it's nothing. I didn't, and they're like, don't do that. Yeah. Like humility is okay. And it's, it's great. It's great to be humble, but you also have to recognize all the things that you have to do and have that confidence in yourself. And I, even my mentor, he said something to me that also rocked my world. This Dutch man who's just like very to the point. Mm -hmm. And I said, he was like, oh, you're like a leader. I was like, no of the South Florida community and I was like ah, it's okay like I don't do much and he said look it's very important that you start owning it own it I'm a leader and then other mm -hmm. leaders will see that and they will see you as that people will start perceiving you because you're showing that so that that just for me like truly believing in your there you go kind of cliche believing in yourself but talking to yourself that way and believing and saying yes this is the truth I'm good at my job I am supposed to be here, a lot of that. And I can tell a quick story as well of my experience going into Twitter. I, because it was a contract role and it was with a staffing company, I never had communication with Twitter. Everything was through the staffing company, the mm -hmm. emails and everything else. And so when I'm going to the interview, I'm walking through where is it? I'm walking through like Hell's Kitchen in New York. I'm walking to my interview. I'm literally thinking I wasn't sure if the interview was a Twitter. I was like, maybe this is a scam. Like it's not true or something. <laughs> and until I didn't get there and saw the bird <laughs> on the side of the building, I was like, oh my God, it's real. And then I was like, oh no. my God, I don't feel like I prepared myself mentally for this. And thinking back to this story now, I think that was my imposter syndrome telling me like, no, why would they hire you at Twitter? Like why, you're just this girl who's working book publishing, like you're this Latina, like why? Why would they want you to work? And I think that was my imposter syndrome of saying, I don't know that if I deserve this, I don't know if I've done enough to deserve this. And yeah, I think that self-talk, that positive self-talk is a huge part of combating imposter syndrome. 
LeBron does it. <laughs> the, the Marines do it. Like strategic self-talk. If it's good, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. So no, that definitely <laughs> I mean, it, it works. Buddies. It works. It works. I like to keep a brag sheet, like a oh. kudos sheet. Like a, it's just a Google Doc, and I list. Okay, what's the greatest thing that I did this month? And I've started uh, doing that. And I've been doing it for a few years now. And it's great because if I'm interviewing for something, I can just look and pick whenever they tell you, tell me a story or tell me a time when you had to X, Y, Z. I can just open up my Google Doc and there it is. Yeah. That's great. And even when sometimes you feel down, sometimes life happens and you feel like, oh my gosh, am I good enough to do this? And they invited me to speak at this conference and there's, it's a 500 people in the audience and like i'm a bit nervous because i wanted to go well right. and then i look at my brag sheet and i'm like wait but i did a sales enablement tour in latin america and i spoke to audiences of 700 people <laughs> for two weeks every day and i'm like why am i nervous about 500 why am i nervous about that and then, exactly. yeah, but again, you forget. You forget, right? Because yeah. life happens. Exactly. It's important exactly. to have like a common place. And I always say Google Docs just because don't keep it in your email because you're going to switch companies at some point. And oh, again, yeah. just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. And I like to update it monthly just because yeah. trying to update it daily or weekly, it's too, That's a thing. it's a, such a small time frame that it is hard to gauge. Yeah. No, you're, and, uh, yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that one because I just started doing it because in 2017, someone I work with in book publishing told me she she would do it. She was like, I write down all my accomplishment and doc. And now five years later, I finally <laughs> got in, got in myself together and started doing it. But it is a game changer. And then you're like, wow, I did all of that. Oh, look at me. Yeah, like, no, it's, it's wow. Like, I want to hire that person. That <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, it's me. I want to oh, work with that one. Yeah, yeah. no, it works. And, and trust me, if you, again, and if you have 10 years of experience and you've never done this, you know, what works, how I would go about it is I would pull my resume. I would pull my resume and I would look at each job and I would actually just open two docs side by side and just go, okay, so what do I remember from the, working at this place? Yeah. What did I do? What did I accomplish? What's the cool story from working at this place? Not what's in your resume that, oh, yeah, increase sales 10%, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. No. Like, like, what was like the one like key cast thing that you did? What's the one liner? What's the tweet that you would write <laughs> about working at this place? Oh, Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm curious on like how you keep yourself organized. Are you like a calendar person? You have a giant to do list? You're like a take notes person. How do you like balance all this out? Because you're a busy person. So I'm curious on what's your approach? What works for you? Yeah, of course. I'm just going to disclaimer. I am someone who lives in my brain. My mind space is so scattered. There's some always something. And even yesterday I was sorry that going in another lane. Yesterday I was doing a sound bath. And you're supposed to just lay there for an hour. I... I move around so much because my brain is, it doesn't stop. So for me, it is like I need to get all of that out. So I do have, I, I write everything out. And it becomes these big to-do lists. But I think the more you can get that out, 
of your brain. I even, I'll show you. I have this little board that I bought, this whiteboard that I bought in my handwriting. It's terrible. Don't look at it. But that way I put everything out there. So I'm not thinking about it. I have this mind space to actually do it. Just put it on the to-do list. And every time you erase it, it feels so good. Scrap, like literally putting it, like just removing it from your wherever is not as satisfying as like erasing it here. And the other thing that I do, I will say, I'm going to recommend something that I don't do, which is very funny, that I should do is blocking your time, blocking your time, especially when you're like some someone like me, blocking your time is key. But the way I do it, because I don't know if it's going to work for me. I don't know if I'm like that type A that I'm going to do that for every week, for everything that I have to do. I do use a Pomodoro timer. So the Pomodoro Mm -hmm. method which is you work 25 minutes and you take a five minute break, 25 minutes, right. five minute break, and then you end up taking. And that really helps me stay organized because that way, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I and love it. What I like about this one is I can actually set the time and I can see the time go by. So I just have it here in front of my face so I can look at it oh, and I can say that. That's okay, perfect. I've been working on this thing for so yeah it helps me but i use it very strategically like i don't use it for like i don't use it for this i use it for stuff that i don't like to do (laughs) oh yeah i gotta do this let me i'm just gonna do 15 minutes of this yeah then when the time is up i realize oh i'm in a roll let's keep going let's finish this oh that's good and the way i will say the way i use it especially the 25 minutes it helps me think because when you have the huge to-do list it's i don't know where to start i don't know where to finish but what it helps me do is how much can i accomplish in 25 minutes so i say okay i have to send these two emails so i can probably do this in 25 minutes and then i have this deck that i have to work on so maybe in these 25 minutes i can literally create the deck download the template put the title and start doing some design structure and then the next 25 i'll start putting the cost so it's helped me compartmentalize and break down tasks because I think that's what really overwhelms people. When I say, I, literally, sometimes my my to do list says create deck. What does that even mean? <laughs> Where do I like, start? Exactly. So I think having these chunks of time have helped me. Like, what can I accomplish in these twenty five minutes? And let me do this part, and let me do this part, and which of my items in my to do list will I be able to accomplish in this? amount of time so that's helped me a lot especially someone like me who's like I'm everywhere <laughs> it's helped me just like ground myself gotcha no that's very helpful thank you for sharing that something that i got this from one of my mentors is that i write in my to-do list action list whatever you want to call it is that whenever i write it like asking somebody else to do it I so like i wouldn't ask you to create a deck <laughs> I would ask you to create a 12-page deck, hitting these takeaways. So I have these apps called Things. And I like because each task has like a notes field. So you can put like more details into it and stuff. But yeah, but you can do this with any app. The app yeah. doesn't really matter. It's more about the yeah. method. Because in this case, what I learned is that you, when you're writing these things, you are writing them for somebody else. You're writing that for You're writing them for future you. <laughs> And then present me is a different person than future me. Yeah. So it's, so because let's they're going to I will. Right. Future. So let's hope that past me made some good choices. 
<laughs> probably not. Probably not. But probably like not. It. But let's hope for the best. But again, you only have to control in the present. So present me has all the responsibility. I like that. I'm gonna implement that one for sure. And try. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. But you gave it a shot. I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. No, so Carolina, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate this. And then has this con concept of the next play. Can you tell us a bit more about it and maybe share with yeah. us what your next play and disclaimer, yeah. like we work together. So that's how I know this. No, of course. The hashtag next play. No, that's an excellent question. I, I always say that your career is like an experiment. You never, I, I know that there's people who are like, these are my goals. I'm very, I'm a very open person to possibilities, like react to things, like things happen and be flexible that way. And there are some avenues I can continue to expand my expertise within product marketing, within go-to-market strategy. And that is something that I definitely want to do to like be the best I can be at my job as a product marketer. But from my manager and from my mentor, I had talked to them. And so I don't know about people management. It seems like a lot of work and a lot of documentation. And they said, you have something key that may help you in people management. Like you're someone who's has a lot of empathy, a lot of compassion. And already, the, like I, they mentioned you're sharing a lot of leadership skills with the South Florida community. And it's made mm -hmm. me think, hey, maybe this is something that I should consider that I could be successful in. And it's a completely different, it's a completely different beast. It's a completely different skill set. I managed one intern in my life and it did not go well <laughs> so, for a lot of reasons that we'll probably talk about next time. But I, I would be excited to look into that because I think that being in that leadership position, helping people make connections, helping them, even what we're doing now, being like a coach in people's careers is something that I think I'm very passionate about. And I think it's something that I could thrive in, hopefully. I see that too. I see that too. I would love to have you as my manager. Because I see that. <laughs> I, I see the <laughs> compassion. I see the empathy. It's recorded now, so it's on the record. Oh. <laughs> so now... <laughs> But I say no, but I see those things too. I see them too. So I agree completely with that assessment. But again, it's an experiment, right? It's an experiment. Like the idea is that you go, you try it, do it for a year, you don't like it, okay. You can always do something else. It's we our generation does not work at a place for 30 years. That's not our generation. That's not the that mindset that framework that doesn't work for us and that's fine that's fine you shouldn't have no exactly especially because especially in tech it's such a tight-knit community that you meet people you're always meeting people in different companies and they say oh i'm working on this super cool project and i love my company culture and you say oh that would be interesting maybe like people just move around and i know that for our generations that came before us like gen x and the baby boomers they don't agree with that but so far it looks like it's working for us so i definitely feel like yeah. it's you have to be yeah. flexible and i've seen it because i remember a lot of people that left linkedin to go try something different at shopify or salesforce or what yeah. have you 
And after a year and a half, two years, they boomerang. Yeah. They come back. Especially now with layoffs going around. People, so keeping up with your network, keeping up with your network, your yes. contacts, adding value to them, inviting them to events. That's important. That That's something also that you have to take ownership of, in my opinion. That's something yeah. authentically, like really, Yes, it's not transactional. Like you have to actually follow up and stay in touch and... Exactly. Yeah, so that's and why I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn and the networking capability that, that it brings me. We all are. <laughs> that's awesome. Caro, anything else you wanted to share? Anything else in your mind? No, I definitely will say the networking is huge. There's a lot of in-person is coming back. So just what you just said about authenticity. Sometimes not everyone is going to be your cup of tea. You're not going to be best friends with everyone. I feel like I've heard some people's approach is like, I have to force this relationship with leadership because they're the ones who are going to have a say in my promotion and my growth. Just be yourself. Just be authentic. And there's opportunities everywhere. Maybe you're going to collaborate with your peer. Sometimes if people think underestimate the relationship with your peers and people at your same level. Like, you don't know, tomorrow maybe that person goes into a department that yeah. you want to go into and they could be your manager or they open a new company and they say, hey, got him, like, come work with me. So I think people underestimate it's not just influencing upwards, but also the people around you. You never know. You never know how life goes. Of course. Yeah, I agree 100%. Okay, so we have a topic for next time we meet. <laughs> next time. I love it. That's awesome. There will be a next time. Oh, thank you so much. Where can people find you? You can find me. You're going to guess. I'm sure you'll guess on LinkedIn. <laughs> Do find me on LinkedIn. In the I show feel notes. like in the show notes, yes. go ahead. Yes. Connect with Caro. That's going to be the best place to find me. I talk a lot about our Miami community, everything that's happening in tech here. So that's just, I would say overall, look me up on Instagram if you want as well. But I would say LinkedIn is the best way to reach me and to hear about the things that are going on in my life and here in Miami or Miami tech community. Thank you so much, Carolina. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Hugo. Appreciate it.